0: Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses, so any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks, and enjoy the show.
1: Chapter 12. The Winter of the Blue Snow. Part 4. The little chore-boy had meanwhile been promoted from the grindstone and given the job of cutting the firewood for the cook's shanty. He did his work so slowly, though, that at last Paul sent him back to his former work and rigged up a mechanical firewood saw to take the youngster's place. His new invention ran perfectly, and the speed with which it worked fascinated Paul so greatly. "'that he was nearly buried in the sawdust from it "'when Ollie found him and aroused him "'to save himself from being smothered. "'It was a near escape, "'and Paul always guarded against such a thing happening again "'whenever the saw was running. "'It was in Wisconsin that the last of the splinter cats "'was caught and killed. "'These great animals used to be quite common in the big woods.' until Paul Bunyan grew irritated over the amount of good temper they destroyed, and began to exterminate them. The splinter-cat was especially fond of honey and wild bees, hives of which were frequently found in hollow trees in the woods. Its method of finding its favorite food was simple but very destructive, and for that reason the great loggers' anger fell upon it. The splinter cat was a very queer-looking animal, with long, strong legs and with claws on its feet to aid in climbing trees. Its legs were built like coiled steel springs, and so powerful were they that they hurled the creature tremendously hard whenever it made a leap. Its most peculiar feature, though, was its head, which was exceedingly heavy and hard just like the end of a battering ram when it became hungry the splinter cat would climb into a tall tree and from this vantage point it would leap as strongly as it could against the trunk of another tree hitting the tree with its hard head and crashing against it with such force that the trunk would be shattered into splinters thus it got the name of splinter cat It would continue shattering trees in this manner until, by chance, and the process of elimination, it finally found a bee tree in its smashing course. Bursting this open in its peculiar way, it would feed on the bees and honey until satisfied, and then hide away for a long nap. The splinter cat worked only at night, and was especially active during heavy storms. For that reason, it was seldom seen, but often, when a hard wind was blowing, the loggers used to hear the crashing and crackling of trees in the forest that told of the splinter cat making its rounds. It destroyed so much good timber in its search for food, often laying waste to great stretches of forest during a single stormy night, that Paul decided to rid the woods of all splinter cats. He taught Elmer to lie in wait for them among the trees at night, following the crashing sounds they made, until he caught one of them on the ground just after it had splintered a tree. The poor animals were always a little dazed for a few moments after smashing a tree trunk into bits with their heads, as any one can easily understand, and it was at this helpless stage that Elmer would pounce upon them and destroy them. So expert did the great moose-terrier become in his splinter-cat hunting that it was not very long before they were about done away with, and finally Paul himself killed the last one after his dog had dragged it into camp still alive. Paul Bunyan's operations at the Lake States became more and more widespread, and each year his crews grew larger and larger and cut more timber than the year before. Finally, after the biggest year he had ever known, Paul floated his great drive of logs to the mills. There were so many logs in this drive that they formed a big jam across the Mississippi River and stopped the flow of water for almost two weeks. The jam was at last broken, and the logs delivered without any further trouble. After his great drive, Paul Bunyan's work in the Lake States was done for this drive had included nearly the last of the good timber to be found in all that section of the country. Only small patches were left here and there, and the great logger was already making plans for locating in an entirely new part of the country. His next move was to the Pacific coast, but before he made definite arrangements for starting on this new migration westward, His affairs in the Big Onion camp had to be straightened up. His men paid off, and his various possessions there packed for carrying away. Also, there was the big celebration to be held before the breakup of the camp, in celebration of the completion of the most successful season of logging work that had ever been known.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. It's all at the end of the road